remember his name, his name's Peter, and he put his hand up and he said, I want to tell you about the time I got helped by the flying doctor. He's um, quickly jumped into bed. In his bed was a tiger snake. Oh! And the, and the tiger snake bit him and the, the flying doctors had to uh, had to come out and and fly land in the middle of the night at the Smithton Airfield and uh, take him down to Launceston. This is the centre of the Child, Still breathing okay at the moment. Is it a big property? That blood pressure is not coming up. Hi, my name is Lana Mitchell from the Royal Flying Doctor Service. This is a podcast series about life in the bush, mateship, courage, and the role that the Royal Flying Doctor Service plays in serving rural and remote communities. This is the Flying Doctor Podcast. My name is Kira Lee Dargan from the Royal Flying Doctor Service and I'm an Aboriginal woman of the Wiradjuri Nation. This podcast has been recorded on Ngunnawal land and is being broadcast across all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We at the Royal Flying Doctor Service want to acknowledge Elders past and present. The RFDS recognises that this is First Peoples land and always will be. G'day and welcome to today's interview. They say if you want an honest and frank answer, you just need to ask a young kid the question. Tom Ryan knows all about this as he has been head of the RFDS school education program from the day it started 12 years ago. Captain Tom, as he is fondly called by the thousands of kids who Tom has spoken to, visits schools from the busy Melbourne centre all the way out to small country schools in regional Victoria, Tasmania, ACT and New South Wales. I'm looking forward to talking to Tom today as he has some insight into the younger generation and their adventures, challenges and views of the Royal Flying Doctor Service. G'day Tom. G'day Lana. Before we dive into your unique job, what did you do before you came to work for the Royal Flying Doctor Service? Well, I've been a number of things. I've been involved in the arts for all my life, um, starting out as a trombone player. I did that as a full-time job for about eight years with a comedy group that travelled through Asia, dressing up as Christmas characters and all sorts of things, trying to make people laugh. Is that what we did? Um, And I was also a um, a presenter with my band called Shrewd Brass, and we worked for organisations such as Music of Eva in schools, where we'd go go into schools and and talk about um, jazz and classical music. And, you know, adding curriculum materials, and they were they were basically for um, for teachers who don't uh, specialise in music. So generalist uh, classroom teachers who could teach music. Yeah, they'd learn all about the music using the resources and things all before uh, before we came in, and we were like the icing on the cake. They had a, a a live musical experience in their classrooms, and we did that. I think we've done that, um, yeah, for about twenty three, twenty four years in every state and territory in Australia throughout Singapore and Hong Kong and that's fabulous so you're clearly really good with kids what do you like about working with children they're honest I think they'll tell you if they don't uh, like what they're hearing or you know, whether you're playing a trombone or whether you're talking to them they're just completely honest they'll just completely disengage the thing I like about working with the flying doctors is that it's a lot easier to, to sell an aeroplane and a, and a rescue or people who help people than it is to get them engaged with playing a trombone. 
Let's talk about the RFDS education program. So you drive a four-wheel drive that tows this large trailer. Could you describe what the simulator is and what it looks like and how it works? So the simulator is the fuselage of a PC-12, a Pilatus PC-12, which is fitted out with all the medical equipment that you would see on a normal flying doctor's aeroplane. And in the last six years, we added the cockpit of the plane and that's fitted out with two flight simulators and a PC, which has the Microsoft Flight Simulator X uh, installed in it. So the kids get to fly the flight simulator. One of the things they like the most out of is putting the headphones on and they can talk to each other and they can uh, create their own emergency. They can, you know, they press all the buttons. I, I tell them, you know, the rules are, there are no rules. So they can, you know, they press all the buttons and they play doctors and nurses. They just go about creating their own fun. It, it's funny, some kids sit on there and go, oh, what do we do? Ten years ago, you wouldn't need to tell them what to do. They use their imagination. So you've got to sort of sort of prompt them with you know, extra stories or something to, uh, so they can create their own dialogue on the, on the headphones or they'll do whatever they need to do. Wow. So, I mean, this the simulator is actually we in the Flying Doctors pl- fly um, Pilatus PC-12s as well as a number of other different aircraft, but these are actual full-size replicas or fuselage, as you say, of the planes we fly. What sort of reaction do you get from the kids when they see the plane? Oh, they love it. They get very excited about the whole thing. It's a it's an aeroplane without wings. I think the teachers, before I come along, the, you know, the teachers really talk it up and they say, you know, there's an aeroplane coming to our school and they're going, oh, yeah, whatever. And then I actually come in there and they're like, wow, this is amazing. Look at this. Look at an aeroplane in our school. Where do you park? It's huge. Generally, I generally park um, on a basketball court or on the oval or as, you know, close to I do it in two parts. I, I go and have a gas bag and I chat with the kids for half an hour or so. Yeah, we talk about John Flynn and you know the whole flying doctors, how it started and the things that we do. And then the last half hour they get out and they interact with the plane. Did you see that thing coming to land? No. 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 I did. Yeah. It drove in. You sure? So yeah, it drove it in. La- it landed in that spot. I'm yeah. sure I saw it, it come out of the air and land there. It was driving. It drove in. You've all got those workbooks and things, yes? Yes. yes. Yeah. What do you? What can you tell me about the Royal Flying Doctor Service? Yes. Um, well, the Royal Flying Doctor Service has been around for um, for a long time now, and Reverend John Flynn um, was the starter of it. Someone calls them and they tell them what hurts because there's this chart that they use where it there's a number on it and you've got to tell them where it hurts and they'll look on the body chart. Yes, hello. Um, John Flynn was on the twenty dollar note. He's on the twenty dollar note. It's not a lot of people know about that. Alfred Traeger invented um, several radios and the first one was the pedal radio for the outback. That's great. Do you ever get kids being scared or upset by the plane or the clinical look and feel inside the plane? Yeah, we of, we often do. So some people may have had an experience with the you know at a hospital and they can hear the beeping sounds or the they can hear the plane noise. There's uh, yeah, there's kids who get affected by you know, excess noise, but yeah, sometimes it might bring back a memory or something, and they might just kind of stand at the door and watch. They generally see that their mates are having a good time, so it's like, oh, hang on, I'm missing out here, so they jump on board. It's really fun. We have, yeah, we have um, kids in wheelchairs that will, you know, will carry on to the plane. 
it's just a it's just a really ha a real hands-on experience i suppose and that's the way they learn there's you know, it's like play learning yeah. they go and explore we try and try and get them without telling them too much they can you know go and press the buttons and they can ask questions later yeah, yeah. do the teachers get involved or engaged with the rfds program while it's there at the school i think just as much as the kids do I reckon quite often. I remember when I was doing the music programs, and you'd be you'd be playing in the school hall, and there'd be 150 kids all there listening, and the and the teachers would be sitting around doing their corrections or preparing for the the next day. And I found that the difference when I'm doing this program is that the, the teachers are really engaged. I get parents who come along and they're asking questions, and I've got to say, look, hang on, can we ask the kids first? Yeah, they're as engaged as uh, as the kids, the parents, and the teachers. That they've often got a story that they want to share. As I mentioned earlier, this podcast has been made possible with the support of Isuzu Ute Australia. Having reliable vehicles is imperative in the harsh Australian outback, and Isuzu have provided D-Max Utes and MUX SUVs to pull seven large RFDS flight simulators as they engage in school, community and field day activities for the Royal Flying Doctor Service. These simulators are full-size planes, minus the wings, and the Isuzu D-Max and MUX vehicles are a perfect match for the long-distance heavy towing demands of these RFDS simulators right across Australia. So keep an eye out for them as they travel around each state and we would love to see photos and locations on our Flying Doctor podcast community Facebook page when you see them. What sort of stories do you hear? How they've been helped by the Flying Doctors or how, how their mothers or their family members have been, uh, have been helped. Do you have an example? What's an example of that? Uh, let me see. I tell the kids, this is a bit of a long story, I was at a um, I was at a school in north western Tasmania uh, called Smithton Smithton Primary School, and I'm sitting there doing my thing, telling them about John Flynn, etc., and how many planes and how many times we do it, all that kind of stuff. And I had this guy, I remember his name. His name's Peter, and he put his hand up and he said, "I want to tell you about the time I got helped by the flying doctor." And I'll try and make this short. He jumped in. He's watching TV late one night. He's um, quickly jumped into bed in his bed this is a true story in his bed was a tiger snake oh and, yeah <laughs> and, the, and the tiger snake bit him and he's called and the, the flying doctors had to uh, had to come out and and fly land in the middle of the night at the smithton airfield and uh, take him down to launceston so when you tell that story about the snake in the bed do you then get other teachers or kids giving you other snake stories Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we have, um, I, uh, again, in Tasmania, a bit of a Tasmania thing going on here. I, I was telling that story to a bunch of kids in a place called Ringaruma, which is sort of, that's more north-east-ish in, uh, in Tassie. And uh, I had a little girl, I think her name was Chloe, I might be wrong. She put her hand up and said, I got bitten by a snake in my lounge room. And she had a uh -huh. snake that was hiding under the heater it was only a surface bite so she was okay but they you know they of course they um, they checked her out and she, and she was okay i had another kid in a place called tibaburra which is excuse my geography new um, south wales new, new south wales <laughs> northwest i think near the border of 
Queensland, South Australia, and yep, that's right. Yeah, and had and, and the same thing, telling that story, and he's going down the slide, and at the bottom of the slide was a brown snake. Did it bite him? It did bite him. But the, the the thing that yeah that was shocking and, and horrible and stuff. But it only happened the week before he'd actually told me. You know, he's back at school. They're pretty tough out there. And he was uh, he was back at school the following week. I got bitten by a snake last week, and here he is back at school. A tough little fellow. He's about eight years old, I think. <laughs> so you start off by telling a story about the the guy that you met who was bitten in bed by a snake and then from there as you travel around the country talking to to schools kids come and and tell you well it's almost like the you know the war stories isn't it well you reckon that's bad i got bitten slippery dip i got bitten (laughs) it's funny you know i've I've been telling the uh yeah the spitzen story uh for a while to the kids yeah yeah and you know as you're telling a story sometimes you know you, you put arms and legs on things um to make things more interesting as the years go on. You get a bit creative, a bit of creative license. You get license. a bit creative to make the story interesting. <laughs> and and it was uh, it's funny, and I was uh, I was in Tassie last year, and I said to her, uh, I was up in a place called St. Helens, and I said, I said this to the teacher, I said, you know, I've told this story so much, I'm starting to believe it actually didn't happen. You know, that you know, somebody jumps in the bed, there was a snake, and this teacher, oh, yeah, no, no, that's that's happened a few times. And, and this teacher said, we were building a holiday house up near St. Helens, a two-story place. And the same thing happened to um, to one of these teachers. But the bedroom was on the second story, and they don't know how the snake got up there, but there was a, a snake. <laughs> so it's not, yeah. I do try and I, I, I am always concerned when I'm talking about snake bites that I'm terrifying the kids and they'll, they'll never want to go to bed again. Yeah, but, <laughs> is, um, but they seem to take, from what you're saying, they seem to take it on almost as, well, you reckon that's bad, I can... I can one-up you on that one. They love a good story. They love a good story. Do you yeah. ever get kids correcting you and telling you that you don't have it exactly right? Absolutely, yeah. We're in the process of building a new simulator at the moment and I was telling the builder about this. We So on our on our plane, we've got the, you know, the, the fuselage of the plane and then we've got the cockpit. So the, this builder just said, yes, we'll build that. We'll put a propeller on it and he put with two blades on it. And I had you know, a little you know, 10-year-old kid saying, that's not right. Uh, Pilatus PC12 actually has five blades. That's right. It's like, yeah, sorry, mate. You know. <laughs> yeah. It won't get off the ground with two. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, man. You know, we'll go to the air shows and they'll say, oh, yeah, no, that's, uh, you yeah, know, that measurement's too short or that's too long. Our simulator is all about, about really showing people the space that you know, doctors and nurses and pilots uh, need to work in. Yeah. And it's, it's quite a small space. It's very interesting. And some, some people will come on and say, geez, it's small. And you'll yeah. get people with a little bit more, I don't know, understanding of what it's sort of like to work in those sort of conditions. And they'll say, wow, it's a little, little bit bigger than I thought it would be. Right. Yeah. How does the RFDS education program fit into the Australian school curriculum? Because it actually ties in really well, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And it, it look, it fits into the the HAS, which is a humanities and social social sciences curriculum. Under HAS, we have history and we have geography and we have civics and citizenship. And then we have also um, health and physical education as well. Right. There's no point having a, having me, if I just go and visit a school, my simulator, and tell them stories, I'm just a guest speaker. But if I have a, a, a teaching resource 
which can support all these things that I talk about, then we're an education program. Yeah. So it's really important that we differentiate uh, between the two. Yeah, the simulated visits, that's the icing on the cake. But the education program is, it's, it's, it's a really good way for teachers to teach history and a good way to teach geography. And we've got a, uh, an oral health unit that we've just uh, that we've just made live in the last uh, six months or so. I can't get to every school in Australia, but teachers can access this teaching resource, and they can and they can access it for free. They actually pay for the incursion. But they they access this uh, this resource for free. It's available for anyone. I was working with a woman, a teacher in in France, who was teaching uh, English as a second language, and she was using our resource to teach her adult students English. That's fabulous. I think a lot of it because the RFDS has been around for such a long time. Like we were created in 1928, which means that this year is our 95th birthday. There's all of that history. And then, of course, because the RFGS is connected with innovation, so both, you know, flying back in 1928 was innovative. Like, it wasn't done by everyone. In fact, I've been told that we were the first civilian aeromedical service in the world back at that time. There were obviously military-type services, but nothing like that for civilians. And then, of course, there's the radio, the pedal radio, which made contact to... Uh, at remote stations possible and all of that across a geography of you know six point what is it 7.69 million square kilometers of a continent and you've got really good rich content for kids and and for them to learn not just about what happens today but what happened 50 years ago 80 years ago 95 years ago and how that all you know gives them a bit more context about this country that they live in Yes, and in the in the in the context of history, I mean, we're not even a hundred years old. In that ninety-five years, there's been so much innovation. Even the way that that the kids we talk about this with the kids with the school of the air, right? And how they learn remotely. And I was, I was talking to a bunch of kids yesterday in Achuka, and we're, we're talking we're talking about how in the last two years with COVID and and lockdowns and how the kids had to learn from home. Um, and how inconvenient it was, and they were going, "Oh, yeah, we had to do this," and rah rah rah. And so, well, this is how the kid, yeah, the kids who live on these remote stations all around Australia, that's actually how they go to school, that's and right. they actually kind of like it. They have to adapt, yeah, and they do, and they do it so well. They're so resilient. I think if we're going to take anything good out of the past couple of years, maybe it's taught us that we need to be resilient. It's it's an interesting thing. A lot of people don't know that the the school of the air was created by one of the board members of the Flying Doctor Service who had said, this is such an amazing resource, we should use it to assist our families in the bush who can't attend school. And this would give us, using this radio, we'd be able to actually provide them an education. And here it is now, almost 100 years later. Imagine if we didn't have that. Just amazing. Tom, I want to ask you another question. Do school kids surprise you sometimes with comments or stories during your program? Oh, I've got uh, I've got something which is um, it still affects me today. And where I, I was talking about the teddy bears we have our, our volunteers make these uh, fantastic teddy bears and we, we give them to all sorts of communities and 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 for kids who who have to go on an airplane to calm them down we'll give them a teddy bear and I was explaining why we do it and all that kind of stuff and I had a I was out at a school near Bendigo I think it was and and I had a, a little girl and she put up her hand and she said I have a um have a pillow made out of my my dad's pajamas and I said oh that's nice 
and she said he died broke my heart i thought wow it's amazing it's this pillow made out of a dad's pajamas who died so i gave her i don't give away teddy bears but i thought i'm going to give her a teddy bear and it sort of meant so much to her. you can see her eyes welling up my eyes were welling up as i'm giving she was so appreciative of it and all the kids are watching this and i don't think it was a very good idea to give this teddy bear to this uh, this little girl in front of all the kids because the next kid put up a hand and said my auntie um, isn't very well we're not sure whether she's going to make it and <laughs> all these yeah all these kids reporting on the health of their family members all trying to fishing for a teddy bear uh, so yeah that was kind of surprising unexpected that story remains with me. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a beautiful story. Now, you had a volunteer by the name of Roy who worked with you for years. Would you mind telling me about Roy? Well, it's Ray. Ray Conway is his name. And we've actually, he, he was a volunteer for 40 years uh, with the Flying Doctor. Wow. I've been Flying Doctors for almost 12 years now. But before I came along, he was selling raffle tickets. He was attending all the, all the functions and uh, so we had all sorts of dinners and he did anything like, yeah, volunteers are amazing. And then when I came along, uh, Ray was able to use his skills. So he's a builder. So he helped to build the trailer. He came along with me on trips and taught the kids how to use the flight simulator. He'd make it safe for me to drive. We've had little things or little accidents. He just fixed them. He'd just do everything. He'd do, he would do, I don't know, at least 20 hours a week on this simulator in fact he wasn't actually allowed to when he went home he spent so much time he actually wasn't allowed to call it this uh the simulator he wasn't actually allowed to mention the simulator to his wife she got sick of him talking about the whole thing <laughs> but yeah he, he was amazing so we actually named the, the simulator after him um which was That's a great, great honor and i remember when we did that um, and i told the kids about ray because because i think it's really important that uh, that people know about the importance of volunteering uh, my my program relies so much on volunteers. I've got a team of fifteen volunteers who um, who've been working with me for a long time. But, you know, everything from being on the phones to cleaning, fixing all sorts of things. They're amazing. And I tell the kids about Ray and how important he was to me. And I say, well, yeah, you know, he recently went on holidays to the middle of Australia, and when he came back, uh, he gave me a call and he said, Tom, I got you a present. And so. I tell how we we hook up, and I say, Ray, it's good to see you. Where's my present? And I pull out this bottle, and this bottle's got red sand. It's got red sand in it. The kids work out, yeah, you know, because it's red sand. It's come from the middle of Australia, and I also tell them that this red sand—that's the reason why our twenty-dollar note is the colour that it is. And I tell them how, yeah, the twenty-dollar note's this red sand, and the the $10 note's the colour of the, the ocean because Australia's surrounded by the ocean and the $50 note's the colour of the sun and the $100 note, that's the uh, yeah the colour of the, the forest and the trees and the nature. And we So it kind of leads into, leads into that. We try and – it's a nice flow, actually, because we can talk about Ray, then we go into the, into the currency and, of course, uh, the $20 note, which features the story of the Royal Flying Doctor Service. Wow. I, I bet you Ray would love to know that his gift to you is continuing to now be almost his ongoing legacy with the sim. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, you know, Ray, he passed away. He got he got sick. It was like he was sort of setting up things before um, he knew he was going to go. It, it's like he prepared the simulator. 
you know, and gave me these instructions. Now, when this happens, you need to set this up, and he, he made sure everything was sort of tightened and kind of ready to go. He's amazing. His legacy does it does live on, and I told him before he died that it would. Amazing man, just amazing. Yeah, amazing man. man. Yeah, and all our volunteers are amazing, Lana. Now, I know that COVID had a major impact on the RFDS schools education program over the last couple of years for obvious reasons. But the RFDS made sure that you were busy when you were unable to visit schools. And I understand that you were um, tasked to pick up road ambulances. Yes, I've had a number of trips going in. It's very exciting for me as a, um, I call myself a flying doctor's nerd because uh, I'm very interested at 12 years on. I'm learning things about it all the time. So I was given really the opportunity to, uh, on a number of occasions, jump on a flying doctor's aeroplane and fly up to Bankstown and pick up an ambulance, a flying doctor's ambulance, and drive it back to Essendon because we're retasking our, um, a dozen or so ambulances up there that are, that are stuck up there that need to be used in Victoria. So I was lucky enough to go on the plane and then drive an drive a, um, ambulance back from Sydney to, to Melbourne. That was very exciting for me. And were you also involved in distribution of of the rapid antigen tests, rats as they're fondly called. Rats and all sorts of medications to our 14 bases all around uh, all around Victoria. So it gave me the opportunity to meet all the, um, the other staff uh, working for our mobile patient care. So it was a really uh, a real, a good opportunity for me to actually see uh, how our organisation works and to meet all the, uh, the amazing people, to look them in the eye and say, g'day, how's things going? And they can tell you about the, the sort of amazing things that they're doing a great opportunity uh, i can you know i can then take those stories to the kids yeah and yeah feel like i'm making a contribution towards beating this horrible virus that's been going on yeah very lucky tom it's been a real pleasure talking to you your program is so invaluable for the rfds and i can't think of a better person to be running it thank you again for talking to me today thanks so much lana pleasure Good evening. thanks for listening If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with family and friends. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our new Facebook group called the Flying Doctor Podcast Community, where you can chat to other listeners. And please do try out our new podcast hotline. You can call and leave an audio message with questions and feedback on the podcast. The number for the hotline is 02 8405 7928. We look forward to hearing from you. The Flying Doctor podcast was presented by me, Lana Mitchell, and senior producer is Mandy Cullen. Thanks again for listening. G'day, Flying Doctors. It's Mel from the ACT here. Just want to say a ripper of a podcast. Well done to all the team. Keep flying. Terrific work. Cheers. Before I head off, I just want to thank one last time our sponsor and major national partner, Isuzu Ute Australia. Isuzu is committed to supporting the communities in which the RFDS operates, and this podcast would not be possible without their support. To learn more, search Isuzu Ute online.